Hello, everyone. This is The Game Podcast from The Times. I'm Natalie Sawyer, and we are back. Thank you so much for joining us in what is a very difficult time for everyone. And joining me on the podcast today, it is Gregor Robertson and Jonathan Northcroft. Coming to you then from here at London Bridge, we're also Gregor's in East London, Jonathan's in Leicester. How are you both? Very well, thank you. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Not bad. Not bad considering. Um, Yes. Well, we are delighted to be back on the podcast with you all, and a lot has changed since last time, that is for sure. We'll, of course, discuss the future of the Premier League and what it means for the rest of the season. And, Gregor, you've been chatting to some Premier League players about being in isolation, so we'll get the latest on that. All that to come after this. The train is now approaching. Junction at platform. Passengers, airport, please stay on board. Next stop... iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, so we're going to start with the news that all English football is now suspended until April the 30th. That has been confirmed today on Thursday. The Premier League announced it via a statement which reads as such. We are united in our commitment to finding ways of resuming the 2019-20 football season and ensuring all domestic and European club league and cup matches are played as soon as it is safe and possible to do so. We have collectively supported UEFA in postponing Euro 2020 to create space in the calendar to ensure domestic and European club league and cup matches have an increased opportunity to be played and in doing so maintain the integrity of each competition. The FA's rules and regulations state that the season shall terminate not later than the 1st of June and each competition shall, within the limit laid down by the FA, determine the length of its own playing season. However, the FA's board has agreed for this limit to be extended indefinitely for the 2019-20 season in relation to professional football. Additionally, we have collectively agreed that the professional game in England will be further postponed until no earlier than the 30th of April. So some clarification coming out of this Premier League meeting uh, today. Um, I guess no surprise, Gregor, that this decision has come out, that they are delaying the game until at least the 30th of April. Yeah, I mean, I think common sense has prevailed there. Um, I have to say, I've been fairly heartened by the response of football since it's been suspended. I think there was a bit of a delay in in that actually happening. Um, But since then, you know, postponing Euro 2020, getting that sort of nailed down quickly and then um, postponing further the season. And really, I think if we're being completely honest with ourselves, it looks very, it's very unlikely that uh, football will be played then as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, who knows, but from from watching the news every night, it certainly doesn't look, look like it. No. So um, the knock-on effects and whatnot are, good, are going to be enormous. And it's really just, I, th- I think it gives some time to have conversations about about what happens next, um, you know, I think there's, clear, there's a clear commitment to, to finishing finishing the season, which I think is 
is uh, is excellent. It has it has to happen. I think if to do anything else, there were so many so many com- you know com- conversations and debates about will the season get cancelled about you know promoting the top two from the from the championship and having a, a larger Premier League things like that. There's so many. It would just it just opens up a a kind of worms at every level all the way down and. I think whatever happens, whenever it happens, the season has to be finished. And I think this is really admitting that that's 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 the case, basically. Mm. Uh, I mean, Jonathan, it's it's interesting because I mean, obviously, we're living in in uncertain times currently. Mm. Uh, as FA rules has stated, the season shall terminate not later than the first of June, but the FA's board has agreed for this limit to be extended indefinitely. So that's obviously. As we know, that means they want to complete this 2019-20 season mm. at some point. But that will inevitably have a knock-on, possibly, if if we can't get a game uh, scheduled on April mm. the 30th. It could have a knock-on effect for the next season. It could. I mean, <clears throat> I think the, the key part of today's statement in terms of timescale is, is the bit that really tells you that there's no timescale on this because they talk about you know, a commitment to finishing the season, but um, finding ways uh, when it is safe to do so. And that's the key bit. When When is it going to be safe to do so? That's not actually going to be football's decision in the end. That's going to be government's decision. And, you know, maybe slightly trite way of putting it, you know, the, the, the decision of, of the, the, the virus itself, it's going to determine um, where we go. So although... I think it was a necessary statement. I think it was. It, it's good that we've got some clarity on um, the priorities of football, which which is to try and resume this season. You know, which is to try and work as hard as possible collaboratively, which is important. The, the statement talks about working together, and I think we've seen a you know a bit more unity over the last few days um, to try and find a solution. But um, that knock-on effect you talk about, Natalie, could could be huge because mm. when it's safe to do so. Um, it's all they can say at the moment, but it's it's a it's a very hard thing at this stage, um, and I suspect in a few weeks' time it will still be hard to define when it's going to be safe to do so. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And Gregor, I know we've spoken about it before, but if there is a need to get this season ended as as soon as is possible and as soon as it's safe to do so, if it meant playing some games behind closed doors, do you think that is the only way we could possibly get some of this season done? Yeah, I mean, the last time we spoke, we kind of all said that football without fans in the yeah. stadium is very hollow. And but things have changed at such a pace since then. That was a week ago. Um, that you know, I've completely changed my mind on that matter. Mm. I think mm. if we can play football, uh, get the season finished, it it means that the revenue is guaranteed. That's the most important thing. And hopefully, as we're probably going to come on to talk about, some of that can filter its way down to help clubs that really need it. Yeah. Um, so that's one aspect and also you know we look like we're all going to be spending a lot of time indoors uh, and having having a bit of entertainment on the TV would be would be a big sort of fill up for the for the public at large as well so um, if that can happen it, Lucas I think again it's going to be a while before that can happen but if that can happen and that means doing it behind closed doors then so be it hmm I mean, I, 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 I kind of agree with that, but would also add that I, I do see closed doors as a last resort. Yeah. Um, I think it's two reasons. One, integrity of the competition. You know, for some, some, some games of a season to have been played 
with full houses benefiting the home team, etc. And then for others to be played in the kind of almost neutral atmosphere of a um, of, a, of an empty stadium isn't great for for integrity um, of competition. But I also think there there is still going to be a risk to health here. Um, mm. Players playing on the pitch uh, will still be in physical contact with each other in close proximity, and um, probably are going to be at risk of 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 infection if if they're asked to play whether that's before fans or not. Now. You know, footballers are young, healthy people, and not in the um, the sort of target age, as it were, um, that this virus most affects. But footballers have families and, and lots of people around them. So, from a safety health point of view, it's it's not an ideal solution either. But as Gregor says, it's it's a fast moving situation, and we might find ourselves in the end entering the territory where we have to sort of start to compromise on a few things um, to, to um, you know, get to where we really want to be. So, I mean, I'd say foot, closed doors is probably an option that has to be left on the table. Mm. And um, I just said no to it completely a week ago, and, and now I can see that we have to keep it open. But it has to be a last resort for me. Yeah. Let me just clarify as well, I completely agree. If there's any danger to footballer safety or anyone's safety and health, yeah. then of course not. But... Again, we're talking about so many unknowns or yeah. different unknowns about the virus itself. So it could be a we get to a point in time where people have a building immunity and and yeah. you know that we, we, there's so many unknowns. I'm just mm-hmm. saying when if and when it's safe for players to play, but it's still not safe for supporters to be in the stadium, then I would get the games going. Yeah, uh, just sort of finally, and I know we we talked about the the knock on effect of delaying this season and what that the repercussions that could have on next season but obviously we know from the announcement from UEFA that Euro 2020 is now going to become Euro 2021 um if you're thinking about that tournament next summer and the fact that next season could well be delayed by by the start of when it begins do you think Jonathan, something like the cup competitions may have to be paused, may have to be shelved. Also, international breaks. I know we don't know necessarily all the contenders for Euro 2021 because the playoffs mm-hmm. still have to, to be decided. But do we need all the international breaks, for example? Or can we get rid of some of them just to sort of help with the congestion of, of fixtures, possibly? Well, ab- absolutely. I mean, football's had a problem for, for many years, as we know, of having different governing bodies or different interests who don't necessarily work together. Now, this is a time that everyone's going to have to work together and, and different factions are going to have to give something up. That might mean the FA giving up um, the FA Cup for a season or the, the Football League giving up the, the, the League Cup. It might mean FIFA giving up some of their international dates and it might mean the Premier League having to, to move on, on um, you know, the calendar significantly as well and giving up games of the 2021-22 season or 20, I'm losing track of years now when you're talking about moving it, 2020-21 season. That might have to be curtailed, which will mean less TV revenue. The only way to get through this is going to have to be um, some sort of collaboration. And there is a spirit of that at the moment. I just hope it continues because it hasn't always been there in football. Yeah, and also going a bit, a bit kind of wider than that, it might mean a year without Champions League because yes. if you, we couldn't have clubs in different nations starting at different points. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it does. It is going to have to be, there's going to have to be a lot of collaboration mm-hmm. looking at that. And, you know, and then there's also going to be things about Clubs at the at the at the top end of the Premier League probably 
being very keen to have the Champions League return and other clubs not so much. So you know, it has going there is going to have to be a lot of a lot of kind of collaboration and looking out for the broader picture, which is actually what we hope we're going to come on to is is making sure that football clubs survive. Well, this is exactly what we're going to move on to now, Gregor, because obviously the situation at present sees a lot of clubs missing out on, on match day revenues, on other revenues that they may well be bringing into their stadium, whether it be uh, concerts, for example, that may be staged in the summer that will have to be rescheduled. The EFL this week have pledged to release a £50 million short-term relief fund to help clubs with cash flow issues because of this outbreak of coronavirus. The fund includes the early release of award payments and an interest-free loan facility. Uh, The announcement was made after an EFL board meeting call to discuss the impact of the outbreak on clubs. Do you fear, Gregor, for the future then of a lot of EFL sides because of what we're now going through, this unprecedented virus? I mean, absolutely. I think, again, I spoke to a few lower league club owners and executives around the time of the suspension, again, which is, what, what, four or five days ago now? And they were actually fairly calm. They were saying, if you know, if this had happened in the autumn, we would be in big trouble. But again, because things have moved so quickly and it looks like, you know, who knows, it could be the autumn before we start again. It's the fact that the longer this goes without revenue for, for clubs lower down that live in hand-to-mouth, then the greater the danger of, of them falling by the wayside. And the other thing to say is that there's very much different tiers. The, the Championship is almost like the Premier League without the in, in terms of the, the wealth of a lot of the owners, but without the, the income from broadcast revenue. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think those clubs could end up being in, very much in the fates, in the fate of those, you know, in the hands of those owners. It's... For example, uh, Evangelos Marinakas, the Nottingham Forest owner, he's a Greek, ship, a Greek uh, shipping magnate. How, if there's a global recession, how does that, how does his wider business empire yeah. uh, become affected? That's just one example. Um, and you know, there is very much a global league now. The Championship, uh, and you'd, you'd undoubtedly have to relax FFP rules if, if they were to continue to subsidise huge losses for a longer period of time. Uh, but below that, again, Henry Winter spoke to the the Cheltenham director, Paul Godfrey, in today's times, and he was talking about really immediate danger in that if we get, we get to the summer and there's no season ticket sales, then that is that is what sustains a lot of these clubs in, in the lower leagues mm-hmm. over the summer. So it's a much more kind of short-term uh, acute danger for, for clubs lower down. And I went to Sutton United, even in the National League, Sutton United versus Hartlepool on Saturday. Whether that should have happened or not, I'm not sure. <laughs> but um, as you say, they they play they play on a 3G pitch, and within within half an hour of the final final whistle, there was a, a children's party on it. So that's you know that's the kind of revenue that these little smaller clubs around the country depend on. And if we're all in lockdown, there'll be none of that either. So it's not just about the as you say about the match day revenue being com- completely having evaporated, if we're on lockdown, then all the revenue evaporates, and there is not they're not going to be able to survive for long. Well, the, the Peterborough owner, I was speaking to him, Darren McCantony, a little bit earlier on, and he was saying that the way things are going, he thinks thirty percent of the EFL clubs will go into administration, and he believes that fifty million pound short term relief fund is simply just not enough, Gregor. No, I mean that is the noise that is coming out from a lot of a lot of EFL club owners. Um, 
look it as something as a start they're forwarding their their solidarity payments for the rest of the season now I think uh, and then there's a you know a, lo- a loan system that they can draw down upon but if it goes beyond the 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 end of the season then everything I've just said is is going to become very acute uh, I I think there's a broader kind of question mark about we talk we're talking a lot about football clubs going under or ceasing to exist but I think we actually have to think what is what is the football club I mean mm. you saw Heart, Heart of Midlothian today yeah of, <coughs> we want to in Scotland we, we're going to have to say you're going to take a 50% wage cut if you're an employee of the club even the players mm. without doing that we, we won't survive a football club without players staff fans without the people it's nothing mm. it doesn't exist it's history a badge and some buildings so the, we need to find a way, and this is again, this is a broader question about every business in the country uh, and the government and, and economists coming up with ideas about how we're going to sustain people and 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 pay them and make sure they have some some earnings in in the coming months. It's the same in football. Uh, I think we need to find a way to 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 keep people on the payroll payroll as long as possible. Well, you mentioned the situation at Hearts. National League Club Barnet have placed all their non-playing staff on notice in emergency measures to preserve the club. That is amid this pandemic. The move includes head coach Darren Curry, but Barnet say he has a long notice period and will remain in charge if the 2019-20 season resumes. Now, the National League suspended all their matches on Monday to at least the 3rd of April. You'll expect that obviously to change now that we've got this further development uh, in professional football in the Premier League and EFL. Jonathan, do we think that was a rash decision from Barnet? It seems rash, I suppose, in the in the context of of you know the, the first club to announce doing something like this. Uh, I mean, the parallel is Hearts in Scotland, I suppose. Um, but I'm kind of loath to be too critical of any individual club situation because of what Gregor said, because of how precarious life is, um, particularly in the in the bottom two tiers. And there's also questions for clubs in the national league, of course, as well, who are who are looking for some kind of assistance. I, I, I don't think the majority of, of certainly Premier League club fans would be aware exactly how um, how low the finances are outside of, of the top two tiers. Um, I, you know, I, I know that from, from Scottish football and, and you hear about it at the lower level. So I think for clubs like Barnet, it is extremely hard to survive anyway before something like this happens. And as Gregor said, there's people all the way down the the chain that get affected. You know, f- f- footballers themselves, I, I, again, I guess many might not be aware, but footballers themselves are on very short-term contracts at that level um, on wages that wouldn't necessarily um, be seen as anything like what people associate with being footballer wages. I mean, I think a lot of them are on um, heavily incentivized contracts. They need to play. They need to, you know, the the, the yeah. basic isn't great. They need to play. They need win bonuses. So it's very precarious to that level. And while Barnet seem to have moved very fast on this, um, you just need to think of Oldham and Berry and 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 the clubs on the brink mm. already to to know that this would have been difficult for Barnet before this happened. And 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 you know they won't be the only ones. 
Well, that is the situation, isn't it? Because they, they've made this decision to ensure the longevity of Barnet. Now, within the statement, which is quite lengthy, they say since relegation into the National League, we've seen a, a general drop in crowd attendances of 50%, whilst general costs have increased, resulting in operational losses of approximately £100,000 per month. They say the club budgeted for this cost in the hope of promotion. But of course, at the end of April, all of our parachute funding will cease and we need to therefore make savings accordingly. So. Gregor, this is a decision that they wouldn't have taken lightly. Before I say what I'm going to say, I, I absolutely caveat it with everything that I agree with everything that John, Johnny's just said that it is precarious and this is an unprecedented time. But uh, you know, twenty, uh, I was slightly taken aback by it. Twenty-four hours after the National League was suspended, this announcement was made. And yeah, we talk about a Macclesfield or an Oldham clubs that really we think are on the brink now. Barnet aren't that. Barnet have uh, the best facilities in the National League, probably at the Hive. And I know again, you know, they've got like a state-of-the-art medical screening facility, huge conference suites, a gym, a cafe, vast acreage of pitches that are hired out through the week. I know all of that is going to take a big hit as well. But a lot of fans are quite angry actually about this because the owner Tony Cleanthes has had some history of doing this in the past with academy mm. staff and mm. that he we got to April and he made the academy staff redundant some of them and they didn't well they weren't paid over the summer and then they were uh, invited to reapply for their jobs when the start of the season came round so uh, some fans again and none of this is certain but some fans think that this kind of move not just to quite such a, as as, a, as great an extent might have happened come come the end of April anyway. Because the other thing to say is, footballers in the in the national league their contracts run out on the first of May. It's that it's earlier. You're not you're not paid through the summer very rarely. So and if you get in the playoffs, they're extended. Your contract's actually extended. So it's even more precarious. Um, so look, I understand again. I say that this is a very this is a completely unprecedented situation, but the speed with which this decision was taken uh, slightly alarmed me. Mm. And no mm. doubt the National League then will have to be working with all the clubs to see what happens with all the player contracts then if, if as you say, their contracts run out earlier than, say, the EFL and, and Premier League sides. Well, yeah, I mean, you, there's not even... In the Football League, When you're, if you're released, I mean, <laughs> speaking of this from, from experience, <laughs> when you, if you're ever released by a football club, you get a one-month severance yeah, pay. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't exist in the National League. Your contract ends on on, uh, on the 1st of May. That's it. So these mm. guys these guys already have a very little uh, security. Mm. I think Darren Curry, the manager, has a little bit, a bit, a bit of a longer notice period. Um, but not, none of these guys are, are safe now. And obviously the staff, 60 non-playing staff, I believe, are also looking... Looking for for work in a in a in a landscape where what, there's no business untouched, there's no employment sector untouched by this. So, yeah. um, you know, I just personally, when you look around at some of the stories we've seen in the last in the last week or so, Stevenage, for example, are essentially mobilising their entire workforce to deliver meals to the elderly in their community. Nairn County, a Highland League football club, are doing oh, similar. Yeah. You know. We've seen all these stories on social media and stuff, and the contrast contrast that to having 24 hours after the National League was suspended, 
to making this decision. I just uh, personally uh, it didn't quite sit right with me. The train is now approaching. Junction at platform. iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, the country, of course, is bracing itself for a never-before-seen lockdown period. Kind of got us thinking, how would we fair in, in isolation and, and Gregor what do you think about footballers are they the type of people who would suit that <laughs> uh, no computer <Yeah>. says no <laughs> um, look I, I, when, when I actually when I stopped playing three, three and a half nearly four years ago now uh, and began doing this and you spend a lot of time working from home I went stir crazy so I feel like I've been slightly prepared for what is to come um, and I have some experience of having gone from being outside exerting yourself and come wind, rain or sunshine in the fresh air, a lot of communication and, and socialising with your teammates every day to that being completely gone, uh, it's difficult. But look, again, we, we need to put this in the wider context of difficulties that people are experiencing in every walk of life at the moment. But, the, you know, I, I spoke to Simon Francis, the Bournemouth captain, um, and he was, you know, he was also pointing out that younger players, a lot of the younger players in his team, he, he kind of fears for more and that they're perhaps more likely to be single, not have families nearby, uh, and they'll be very isolated. Um, so, it, yeah, it's going to be hard, but it's going to be hard for everyone. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what, I could give some advice. My advice yesterday, I was putting on music and having thrown some shapes in the kitchen while I was cooking my tea, just doing anything to keep your spirits up. <laughs> Gregor, why, why do you not video that? We all want to see I should, that. I? I we should have seen that. But, uh, but... You know, I watching some something light-hearted because you, you, you're absorbing all the news at the moment and it's really yeah. quite tough to take, so... You know, watch an episode of comedy before you go to bed or something. That's what I'm trying to do. But you do raise an interesting point, and I'll come to you on this, Jonathan, finally. Mm. The fact that, you know, Simon Francis is, is, is suggesting that younger players might may find this more difficult. There will be players who, England, Scotland, Wales, wherever they're based, that's not their home. That's not where they're from. And they may be isolated because they'll be on their own. Absolutely. I mean, I interviewed Emil Heskey recently about, uh, he wrote his autobiography, and he talked about his loneliness when he moved to Liverpool and, um, you know, basically going home to an empty flat and growing up in Leicester in this kind of um, 
very sort of tight-knit environment, played for his hometown club, become a star, moved to Liverpool, and, um, you know, his relationship broke up, which I think is not an uncommon thing for footballers when there's upheaval. And and then, you know, even though he was a, a top Premier League England star, you know, sort of going home to an empty flat and, and bursting into tears. And I think it is a lonely life um, for footballers who are deprived of the the team environment, um, deprived of the routine. Um, you know, I, again, I remember speaking to Ryan Giggs when he finished playing and his biggest challenge, you know, he was, he was quite open about it. He said to me, you know, for 20-odd for years, I've, I've got up at 7 o'clock, I've been at training at quarter to nine, I've done this, I've done that, and, and it's just finding a, a routine. Now, that that that's that happens, to, I think, for as Gregor sort of experienced himself, I think that happens to a lot of a lot of players. Um, and as you say, Nat, there'll be, there'll be players who are experiencing that while being nowhere near where they grew up, their, 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 their friends, their locations, um, and it'll be tough for them. And, and, and just because they're rich and in some cases famous, that's not going to insulate them from that. Mm. Of course, there are big problems, bigger problems in the world. There are bigger problems, people working for the emergency services and the healthcare sector. So I wouldn't, you know, not trying to say let's feel more sorry for footballers than anyone else. But it should be acknowledged that they're human beings too. And this, there's going to be an impact. An impact for absolutely everyone. Yeah. Impact for fans who's, who are going to be deprived of that connectedness that their football club gives them, that that sort of um, valuable outreach that football clubs do, the, 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 that, that light entertainment value for all of us will be gone. But there'll be people in the middle of the game who, who are affected by this too. And, and um, I just, you know, in a kind of peace and love way, I think we should just respect what everyone, everyone who no matter what their job or whatever, is going to go through over the next few months and, and not say, well, I've got it worse than you. Um, you know, so I, I do spare a thought for, for some of the players and, and how, the, how it's going to be for them right now. Mm. Well, that is it for now. Many thanks to Gregor and to Jonathan as well. You may find yourself with more time on your hands in the coming weeks. So do remember you can subscribe to The Times and The Sunday Times to enjoy award-winning journalism online and on your smartphone or tablet. It is just a pound a week for an eight-week trial. Search The Times subscription for more information. We will be back very soon right here on The Game podcast. In the meantime, do take care of yourselves. game is brought to you by the times for more information and more podcasts from the times head to thetimes.co.uk voiceover describes what's happening on your iphone screen voiceover on settings so you can navigate it just by listening books contacts calendar double tap to open breakfast with anna from 10 to 11 and get on with your day Accessibility. There's more to iPhone.